Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. We have one more speaker on the topic of national security. In the interest of giving him enough time to speak, I'm going to uh, skip the clip. I, I had a great clip of you, Frank, but where do you go? Anyway, I had a great clip of Frank, but I don't want him to, uh, I want to take away from his time. To briefly introduce him, there is more in your handout, but uh, my, on a personal note, my husband Eric and I have gotten to know Frank and his wife Marisol over the past years. He truly is a national treasure. He is a prominent, uh, in fact, among the most prominent knowledgeable Americans um, about the idea of America, the national security interests of America, how they're threatened in various ways. I'll just cut through pages of I could, what I could say and just to say there's probably no voice on the subject of America's national security more respected than Frank Gaffney, so long as you're on the side of preserving America. So here's Frank Gaffney. Well, thank you for that really wonderful introduction, Debbie. That means the world to me. Um, like everybody who is going to be addressing us today, I am truly honored to be here and delighted to be with you. But I feel so humbled and so privileged to be on a panel with these two gentlemen. I've learned so much from Gordon over the years. Um, like you, Debbie, I've had the privilege of interviewing him in various settings over, a, well, I think a decade or so now. And there is simply, as you've seen yourself, nobody who understands better the mortal threat we face, the existential threat to freedom that Ronald Reagan warned every generation must confront. Only this one surpasses all of the others the Chinese Communist Party. Nobody understands it better, and nobody is more effective than Gordon Chang in making the case that the stakes of our acquiescing, even as we are today, let alone what is in prospect to it, are. I mean, he is, well, I call them freedom fighters, keepers of the flame, and a great inspiration, and I'm, I'm really treasured his friendship as well as his mentoring. And this gentleman I only met yesterday for the first time, but since he burst on the scene five or so months ago, I guess, I've been in awe of him. And I'm not sure I've ever heard a better presentation than the one we were just treated to. Yeah. And I say that not just because it was eloquent, it was thoughtful, it was informed, but it was courageous. And the courage was what he did before he wrote his book. It was writing the book. It was coming out publicly and talking about these things, knowing that he was putting everything on the line. He's not the only one who's done it, but I think he was one of the catalysts for others who have now as they say, thrown their stars or their oak leaves or 
whatever rank they are, on the table because of their conviction that our country is, as these flag officers have said, in deep peril. So thank you, Matt, both for both for being courageous and all those other qualities that I mentioned, but for being an exemplary military officer of the kind we want and desperately need in uniform today. And the fact that he is not in it and that some of the people who are in it today is part of the problem I want to address. So let me briefly talk about a couple of things that my colleagues haven't talked about, and then I'll maybe reinforce a point or two that they did. I believe that in the course of this conference, we are reflecting on evidence that is now unmistakably present, that the state of our union is desperate. In virtually every area of public policy, we are facing crises, not just challenges, not just difficulties, but full-on crises. And I don't know about you, but I have arrived at the only conclusion that I think fits the facts. And you know, that's what you're supposed to do with the scientific method is look for the hypothesis that best fits the facts, right? I think what every single one of these crises has in common is not only that they have been, if not actually created, certainly greatly intensified by decisions made by the Biden-Harris team. And the conclusion that I've arrived is that these are not only devastating our families, our economy, our jobs, our culture, our military, our security. They are actually calculated to do maximum damage in all of those regards. In fact, I think it's no exaggeration to say we are not under an administration or a presidency or even a regime. We are under a wrecking operation, ladies and gentlemen. And as the Marxists are fond of saying, the worse, the better. Not surprisingly, since we're on a panel discussing national security, as Colonel Lohmeyer has said from personal experience, the military has not been exempted from this wrecking operation. He's talked about critical race theory, again, informed by personal experience. And I know we have Jeevan Fleet in the audience and 
others, I think, who have been active in raising the alarm as to what this is about, whether it's being taught in our schools or in our government agencies or in our military, it is stupefyingly outrageous and calculated, again, as the colonel has said so well, to divide us, to undermine us, to destroy us. And that is part of this wrecking operation. Let me give you a couple of other examples of things that as a national security professional, I guess I would tell you are at least as worrying as the idea that the military of the United States is riddled with white supremacists. In fact, as Colonel Lohmeyer has documented with his book, it is riddled with Marxists or sympathizers or people willing to go along to get along with them, for sure. And the fact that they are present in significant numbers and they are being promoted, as his former boss was, is evidence of the rot that is being deliberately cultivated in our armed forces. Purging warriors, like Colonel Lohmeyer, especially those who are seen as favoring Donald Trump, for example, or being conservatives, or gun owners, um, or for opposing mandatory COVID vaccinations, is leaving out of the military or forcing out of the military precisely the people we most urgently need to have in it. But again, that's not an accident. They're cutting defense spending. They have just imposed upon this country arguably the worst, most humiliating strategic defeat in our history, the consequences of which I'll allude to, but they are incalculable. And not least, they are expressing, quote, great confidence in a politicized and discredited top general the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. The cumulative effects of these sorts of assaults on what they call good order and discipline are absolutely predictable. They are undermining the only military we have at a time when, as I will amplify here in a minute, our national leadership is in free fall and our enemies are emboldened. Gordon has said everything that needs to be said for the moment on the Chinese Communist Party, but permit me to just emphasize the problem with emboldening enemies like the Chinese is they don't need a whole lot of encouragement to believe that they are the superior race and that their dominance of the world is their right. They had it for a couple of millennia and they think it's about time they got it back. So any evidence that the nation that is really the, think about it, the only impediment to the realization of the return of the middle kingdom to its rightful status, the mandate under heaven, I think is the phrase, 
namely us, is in the process of self-destructing, especially at the hands of a team that if, as a friend of ours, Sam Fattis, likes to say, if Xi Jinping himself were staffing up the Biden administration, he could hardly have picked a more friendly group, <laughs> starting with the commander-in-chief. And when I say friendly group, I, I don't mean to soft-pedal this. I mean people who are deeply compromised because they've been bought in some cases. In other cases, because they simply are ideologically aligned with the Chinese Communist Party. But whatever their motivation may be, they are reliable supporters of the idea of China's rise. I call them China risers which necessitates, of course, at best, our decline. Managed decline is kind of the best face that's put on it, or in this case, unmanaged decline, or unmitigated disaster, if you will, that is, I think, coming about as a result of this wrecking operation. But it is not being lost on the Chinese. And let me just say, it's not lost on any of our other enemies, of whom there are quite a number. One uh, I've spoken with audience like this, uh, with Debbie's help many times about, is uh, the so-called global Islamic movement. And you may have heard about this, but we just gave $85 billion worth of sophisticated armaments to part of it and emboldened every part else of it in Afghanistan, whether it's Al-Qaeda, whether it's the Islamic State, or this one I really love is ISIS-K, ISIS-K, or whether it's, you know, Jamaat Islamiyah, or whether it's Hamas, or whether it's a thousand other groups, including the Muslim Brotherhood, who are all now reinforced in what they have already come to believe is Allah's will, which is their triumph over the whole world, especially the infidels. It will be very interesting, and maybe we can talk about this in Q&A, with Debbie's help, you know, who's going to be right? Is it the Middle Kingdom guys, or is it going to be the Sharia supremacist jihadists that will rule the world? But one thing that they know for sure and that they are working together to accomplish is the elimination of the only real impediment to either ambition, us. We have among that group, of course, the Shia strain led by Iran, its team Hezbollah and the like. They are in the process of acquiring, despite endless promises that they will not get the bomb by our successive Republican and Democratic leaders, they're about to get it, if they haven't already, frankly. I mean, think about this. It took us three years to go from inventing the idea of an atomic nuclear weapon to dropping two of them on Japan. These guys have been at it for over 20 years, at least, 
with all of the knowledge in the world and help from all kinds of bad actors, to say nothing of simply being able to just buy it from people. So is it really credible that they haven't already gotten it? I don't know, but I think we'll know they have it because they'll probably use them. Maybe against the little Satan, maybe against the great Satan. They are emboldened as well. So is Russia's Putin. Um, Putin has just completed the kind of nuclear strategic force and tactical force modernization that if I were still in the Reagan Pentagon would have put this country at DEFCON 3 because it is comprehensive, it is massive, it is not consistent with their arms control commitments, and it involves some weapons that can only be described as truly doomsday devices. Like a, an unmanned underwater delivery system, think of it as a submarine or a giant torpedo, nuclear powered, so it could go all over the world, that has a hundred megaton thermonuclear warhead on it. To calibrate 25 kilotons is roughly what the size was of those atomic bombs that we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. A hundred megatons is vastly more. And what could that possibly be used for? To just destroy on a scale that is truly unimaginable. So anyway, that's what he's up to. And then there's North Korea, sort of China's poodle. Gordon can talk about that at greater length. They're getting more nuclear weapons all the time too. They're willing to sell them to other people. You don't want any of these people emboldened, folks. Neither do you want our allies feeling undermined, alienated, or essentially left without a reliable ally in us. And there's a lot of evidence that they're figuring out whether they should make a separate peace with the Chinese or actually throw in with them, or perhaps in some cases get a nuclear capability of their own because they can't rely on ours. I don't know how many of you watched this with astonishment. I didn't know it. I know Gordon did, but the South Koreans just test launched a submarine launched ballistic missile. We talked about this the other day. My view is you don't do that unless you're going to put a nuclear weapon on top of it suggesting that they have not only the inherent capability to do that, but they've been anticipating they probably need to. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing, I don't know. But the point is, allies are now beginning to tend to their own security concerns rather than work with us. Finally, I just wanna say that another problem that we ignore at our peril, and to some extent this is, this is evidenced by some of the things that Mattis talked about, is what I call the enemy within. Marxists, particularly, uh, doing business as progressives in some cases, or as BLM, the organization, or Antifa, 
or groups you've never heard of that have been very instrumental in helping them do what they've done lately to us, like Liberation Road and Freedom Road socialist organizations, part of, interestingly enough, the Chinese Communist Party's United Work Front agencies around the world, including many of them here. Others are, are things like the Chinese Progressive Association. Gordon talked about some of the consulates. Uh, in addition to Houston, these guys work very closely with the Boston and San Francisco consulates, and they were very importantly helpful to BLM in some of those riots that we were subjected to last year. Then there are the democratic socialists, also known as communists. Then there's the Democratic Party, also increasingly known as communists. And then there's the Biden-Harris wrecking operation itself. These are truly, not to put too fine a point on it, people working to destroy our country from within. They have in mind fundamentally transforming it, of course, as we were told by Barack Obama was imminent when he became president. I don't know if he's president now. I can't quite tell who is, but it probably is him. But whoever it is, is moving inexorably towards the fundamental transformation, not just of our military, not just of our culture, not just of our economy, not just of our energy posture, but everything else that's in that letter that is on your tables. And I entreat you, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor, read it. Read it and then, if you would, join me in becoming supporters of these Flag Officers for America because I think these are the sorts of people we need now more than ever. They know how to lead. They understand the threat environment we're in and they continue, as does this fabulous young man, to take seriously their oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. I took that oath. I think probably many of you in this room have. If you haven't, you're here because you subscribe to it. And you know how important it is, particularly that those in office, those who we've elected, those, or didn't, those who we have reposed the security of our nation to, like Matt Lohmeyer, need to be held up, need to be endorsed, and need to be supported as they seek to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. God bless you all. Can we talk truth about America? Can